You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Welcome to Avoy Greenwood. Uh, we're going in a different message today than we initially intended. We've been preaching through Luke, but it's been a series of events that have made me feel like I need to go a different direction. And the first uh, goes way back at this point, about a year, a little bit more than a year, or maybe exactly a year, I'm not exactly sure, where we got this message. Um, uh, I was praying with someone that kind of fell asleep while I was praying and then the Holy Spirit kind of showed them an image while they were sleeping. And they kind of just sort of slept talk it to me. I know that sounds weird. I don't fully know how to describe the moment other than that. But it was, a, I see cherry blossoms for 1208. And so I leaned into that word pretty heavily. I ran out immediately. I bought cherry blossom scents. I plugged it in all around the room so that we would smell it, remember it, lean into it. Now we've got this tree going up where we've been populating it with cherry blossoms as our prayers have been answered. And one of the things that I was super um, waiting for during that time was for the Holy Spirit to pour out because cherry blossoms in many cultures means renewal. That's one of its kind of main symbols. Um, and that, that's a big kind of charismatic renewal kind of term in the church where we talk about... Uh, um, uh, Holy Spirit renewing us, where our lives turn around. But there was another word that came with it. There are cherry blossoms for 1208, but you have to repent. And so we spent that summer repenting. If you've been with us for a while, you know this story. And we started making space for a new model of church, which we are currently doing. And I kept waiting. All right, where's that like big renewal punch go? And we've been moving along. This room is much fuller than it was during COVID. But it still has moved slowly. I remember when Reveal came, which is our big conference on spiritual gifts. Like, it was a powerful time. People were hugely impacted. But I remember going home that night kind of bummed, which was a dumb reaction to such a powerful time together. But I went home bummed because I was like, man, I was just really hoping, like, people were going to fall to the floor. Or the spirit would burst through the doors and fill the room up with a glory cloud. I don't know. I was just looking for some kind of crazy phenomena, you know. That's, that's what I wanted to see. I remember vocalizing to a friend like, oh, I was just really bummed. Like, bummed? That was an amazing time. How can you be bummed about that? I was like, I know. I got to work on that. Um, but I kept waiting for that moment still. On January 12th, uh, I was vocalizing to someone that was just still kind of bummed about it. And I, I really trust this person when they hear the Holy Spirit because they don't hear it constantly. They can't just close their eyes and it's there. It's either there or it's not there. And when they went to kind of be with Jesus in that moment, they heard this word um, on January 12th of Jesus just saying, you haven't missed it. Which kind of meant two things. One, that like full renewal that we're looking for hadn't come yet. And two, keep eagerly hoping, keep leaning into it, keep waiting for it. So um, we've continued to wait. And over the last uh, few weeks here, some strange themes have kind of happened. Actually, over the last few months. First, there was Asbury. If you completely missed what was going on at Asbury, people were making pilgrimages across the states and even outside of the states to go to Asbury Seminary, 
where a worship service, chapel service, and those of you who have been to college chapel services, you know they're like, not all that, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. Not always, but sometimes. Just one of those normal services, the guy got up at the end, they were telling him he had to get off the stage, he was out of time, never tell the Holy Spirit this, and he said, okay, uh, I gotta go, if anyone wants to stick around and just kind of pray, feel free to do that. And that led to repentance, nobody left the room, and that service went on for, what, two, three weeks? And I actually made the trip down there, experienced it. I heard people all around me talking about, oh, yeah, I flew in from Texas last night. I came from California. You know, it was just like crazy. The line was wrapped around the school. Um, it was just an amazing time of spontaneous worship with random college worship leaders and teachers and all kinds of things. And I had this sense in my heart during that time, like, this is, this is like a, a, an invitation nationally to just for the church to repent. And I feel like this is for Lent. Now, leading up to Lent, we're all going to just kind of lean into themes of repentance. And that's, that's what this Asbury thing is for. Or one of the things. I think it served many purposes. But that was what was on my heart while I was there. And strangely enough, it like ended on the day that Lent started. As though we were gearing up with John the Baptist to be baptized in repentance and then tossed out in the desert where it feels like now Asbury feels so long ago, even though it was just a few months, right? But we know that Pentecost follows that. And on Pentecost, that's the day where the Holy Spirit pours out his spirit on the church and they're infused with gifts for ministry. Uh, and that, I always held on to Pentecost. Pentecost is coming and Asbury is, is leading us into repentance for that moment. Now, over the last few weeks, uh, I mentioned a dream I had. It didn't feel overly spiritual, but it stuck with me in a way that kind of felt spiritual, where Greenwood was just flooded, and the water was just kind of flowing down, um, and I, like, stepped in it, and it's only about, you know, Greenwood is only up to here on your curb, but in the dream, like, I stepped in, and it went, like, down to my shin. It's like, whoa, that's a lot deeper than I thought. And I came back out, and then eventually I like stepped all the way into Greenwood and went straight up to my waist. And I just, I had this feeling, nothing super tangible, but like, what if God is just looking to pour out living water, sending a stream our way, just looking to continue to rejuvenate what we're doing at 1208, send us the masses and, and help us uh, bring them to Christ and things like that. And so... That just kind of stuck with me as just a fancy to, to think about. And then at Spare Um this week, while we were worshiping, uh, somebody came up to me after like, hey, you, you heard that like water the whole time, right? Like, is there like something wrong in the church? There's like fountain of water somewhere. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I did not hear water. Nobody else in this room heard water either. We would have checked that out. I, like, I just kept hearing like a fountain of, of water. And now I came to church this morning, planning on preaching on women in ministry and empowering women, which we will get to uh, next week. Um, but it changed because I was out on the road, and I, I was staring at this wet spot outside. Maybe you saw it when you came in. I was like, "That? Did somebody just like drive up in a pickup and then pour out a trash can of water and drive away? Why water doesn't work like that?" So I eventually went out. The concrete is bubbling it's breaking upwards because there's like a water main break underneath mcneil right here pushing 
the water through the concrete and starting to kind of flow down McNeil, which I just thought was very strange. I got a text while I was staring at it. Someone, another pastor just said, you're on my mind right now, I'm praying for you. It's like, but that's odd. I texted someone else and, and they said, hey, I just went to pray and that, this sounds familiar, but I felt like Jesus say, you haven't missed it yet. <laughs> I was like, uh, he said that on January 12th. It was through the same person, but they didn't even remember it. And I was like, okay, well, and then I pulled up my phone. And I was like, what day is Pentecost? And it happens to be today. That's right. That's Holy Spirit charismatic guy who should know better. <laughs> Did not realize today was Pentecost, despite the fact that I've been waiting for it. So I understand that uh, uh, to some of you right now, I'm that classic meme of Charlie Day just staring at the, <laughs> the pinpoints all over the wall like, this makes sense, you know, conspiracy. Um, and I feel that way especially because there's been many times where I've got up on stage and said, I just really want the Holy Spirit to come, maybe today's the day. I will continue to do that until I see it because the Holy Spirit is how we do ministry and how we're ever going to survive in any kind of church setting, especially a post-pandemic world. If we really want to reach people, God has to be working in our midst. We have seen how the church does evangelism when it's without the Holy Spirit, and it generates a lot of really low-key disciples. We need God to come and infuse us and get us ready for what he's up to. So that's what I'm leaning into today. And in the Bible, you see that the Holy Spirit's there from the very beginning. He hovers over the face of the deep like he's hatching an egg. And then life comes into being. And that's what he does with us. Throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is the creation maker. It's because he exists that you exist. He's a creator. And it's because of where we're heading that he's going to create again. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was raised from the dead. He was resurrected into a new hybrid body of physical and spiritual matter, something that ancient people would have thought of as like a very godly kind of body, like the gods, this immortal type thing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's so much of the reason why we believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, because if, if we don't have his Holy Spirit, then we don't have the, the resurrection maker inside of us. He's the one that brings the bones back to life and creates that new immortal body. And so we lean into the Holy Spirit, who not only wants to make us anew on the resurrection day, but has already started to do it right now. That's why you are empowered. That kind of empowered body that works in supernatural ways, you might experience that right now, because the same Holy Spirit that crafts that supernatural body is doing supernatural things in you already. That kind of body that lives morally perfect and no longer is controlled by sin, because the Holy Spirit has crafted uh, uh, the identity of Jesus so over you that you love perfectly, that you're perfectly joyful, that you are perfectly faithful, that you are perfectly generous, all those kinds of things, the Holy Spirit is already generating that fruit in you now. Yes, right now all of our bodies are going to die, but peaks of what is coming is already being made manifest in you in this time and the holy spirit wants to disciple us so that we here at 1208 can really make a difference in our community it's not just a pastor going out the pastor's job is to equip the saints for ministry we are the church in the early church it's hard to even fully tell like 
what a pastor fully even was. It was the whole church working as ministers together to, to impact around them. And that's what he calls us into. And on the day of Pentecost, while they were there waiting for, for Jesus to send his Holy Spirit, suddenly a mighty wind filled the room, just like a mighty wind hovered over the face of the deep. Just like the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, so the Spirit hovered over these Christians. And just as the Holy Spirit began to create in the Old Testament, so the Holy Spirit began to create in the New Testament. And he empowered his people for ministry. He filled them up. And suddenly they were speaking in languages that they didn't know. Languages that long ago God separated nations with languages. In the New Testament, God pours out his spirit, gives those languages back, and says, now go take those languages outside and proclaim my name to all the, lang to all the people that have been uh, uh, disinherited from me. Tell them to come back, the Gentiles. And so they do that. And the Holy Spirit empowers them the rest of the way throughout the New Testament. You want to do ministry with the Holy Spirit, look at what it looks like in Acts. It's crazy. You see Philip just like, oh, I ran into an angel who told me to go here, and then the Holy Spirit told me to go here, and then I went there, and there was the guy they told me about, and I prayed for that guy, and then I baptized that guy, and then I just disappeared and reappeared somewhere else where I could do ministry. I, I don't even know how that works. Maybe it's just really bad writing that he just walked away, but it almost seems like he just vanished. And I've heard those kinds of stories before. People who say, uh, I immediately woke up and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me I had to go serve uh, someone I know who was about to die. And I walked out the door, and as I walked out the door, I appeared in their house. What? What? The kinds of supernatural stories that happen all throughout history feel like fantasy. They're, they're so strange, and we can build them up to legend, but there's so many of them, even in your Bible, that it just you realize the Holy Spirit can do some crazy kinds of things. And so as we lean into Him, we are equipped to do exactly what we need to do. And Jesus did not want a church doing ministry without his Holy Spirit. That's why he told the disciples, okay, I'm going up to heaven. You guys go and wait for power to be poured out on you. You know what the disciples did? They just kind of stared up at heaven the whole time. Like, is this a joke? He's coming right back down, right? This is the part where we <laughs> take over Jerusalem by storm. To the point that they're staring up at heaven and an angel shows up. He's like, what are you still doing here? Go. He told you to wait. Oh, right, right. He was serious. Okay. Are we expectant on the Holy Spirit? Are we waiting on the Holy Spirit? He wants to disciple you. Uh, I've done, I know I've said this a lot, I've done a lot of deliverance ministry over the last year and a half, and um, I was feeling kind of weighty about it recently, just like, um, I want to help more people, but I'm just one person, and these often take many sessions. What do I do? And so, uh, I prayed that on a like a Tuesday, and then I had a, a meeting to bring someone through inner healing on a Thursday. Me and someone else were praying with this person, and I do uh, when I'm doing deliverance. I just invite people into meditative prayer to imagine Jesus and go from there. And Jesus often uses this technique uh, when I work with people because I think he just knows that this is an easy one for me to plug into. But when we closed our eyes and we went to prayer, uh, my 
the person that I was training how to do deliverance, the person in meditative prayer is like, I just see that person. That's the only, like, they're there, they're glowing, they're praying. What is, why is Jesus not interacting with me? And I, I turned to the person I was training up and I was like, it's your turn. You have to lead this one, not me. All right, just my prayer from Tuesday is being answered. Someone else is learning how to do this. And so they just took over, and the Holy Spirit worked right alongside of them, and I just kind of stood there and watched as the saints were equipped for ministry. That's what God wants to do for the whole church. There is not one person in this room who is not of value to him. There is not one person in this room that he has not given gifts to. He wants to empower you. The church does not work with just a few people running it. It's a body. Each one of you is gifted in a different kind of way. And when we don't give those giftings and anointings and empowerments over to the church body, the church falls on its face because it loses a leg. The Holy Spirit has made us dependent on you, dependent on one another. The Holy Spirit has decided that in the world he is creating, it is better to empower everyone than just one person. In the Old Testament, it was usually just a few people. In the Old Testament, kings got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Prophets got the gift of the Holy Spirit. But otherwise, for the most part, it was just a few select leaders but Joel, the prophet Joel, had, a, had a, a, a vision that one day God would do that for everyone who followed him. Not just the Israelite leaders, but all the Israelites. And then God poured out his spirit on Pentecost on everybody. It was no longer just a few select people. It was everyone. What you have 1208 Greenwood needs. And 1208 Greenwood is not its best self unless you can give it. Because there's a part that you have that the rest of us do not. And it's a part that God wants to continue to disciple and grow and bring to fruition. That's what discipleship is. You being the best resurrected, pre-resurrected version of yourself that's bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth right now. Not later right now. And so we're going to continue to sing a few more worship songs as we uh, proceed forward. And we've got a prayer team of about four people that are going to be in the back corner. And today I'm inviting everyone. I mean, young, old, uh, men, women, slave or free. This is the way that the Bible talks about it. We are all one family. We are all open, no matter of any socioeconomic status, no age. There is nothing that deters us from receiving the Holy Spirit. As people often say in charismatic circles these days, there is no Holy Spirit junior. He is for everyone. I remember talking to Beckett just about the last week or two, and we were talking about dreams we've had, and I said, have you had a dream from the Holy Spirit? And I loved his answer. He said, not yet. Do you live that way? That if you haven't experienced it yet, it is to come. And I don't know what God's going to do today. It may just be another time where Jamin just amped up the room and then we prayed and everybody went home and felt kind of casual. Whatever. 
But I know it's coming. And I will continue to lean into that over and over again. And after it happens, I will still lean into it over and over again because we are hopeless without the Holy Spirit. Without Him, there is no resurrection. Without Him, there's no pre-resurrection. Without Him, you are stuck in your sins with no help to get out. Without Him, there is no empowerment to go and reach your neighborhoods. We have to be dependent upon Him because the entirety of the church only works if He comes. And it's not that He's already, uh, that, it's not that He's not here. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a refilling that comes and comes and comes. In fact, hold up, hold the phone. What is that verse? Anybody know that verse? Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is there more to that? One second, one second. This could be important or it could be nothing. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, dressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This passage right here is about kind of like a liquid substance. Instead of drinking wine, Paul goes ahead and switches to drink up the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that he chooses wine as his connection point because the early church was thought to be drunk when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They ran outside speaking in perfect different languages, and people's assumption was that they were drunk, which sounds super weird when people are speaking your language in a perfect kind of way that you understand. Um, but there, there sometimes is a certain kind of wonkiness that comes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen that many times in people. And I think Paul was used to seeing that when the Holy Spirit came, that people kind of went a little wonky. And so that's why he thinks instead of alcohol, be filled with the Spirit. Instead of spirits, be filled with the Spirit. Okay. Uh, needless to say, we're going to ask uh, God to come and fill us right now. And before the prayer team goes over there, we're going to sing one or two songs, and then I'll invite them over there. And if you want prayer today, which I would just encourage you to take it, just go and ask for prayer. If you need healing, go ask for it. I don't care if you've asked 100 times. Do 101 today. Just in the same way that it's the 101st time at I've been here over 12 years where I've had this same kind of message. Just keep asking. Be hopeful. Be eager. Be expectant. If you don't know what to pray for, go and ask for prayer and see what they feel like they should pray for you. Just ask for more empowerment. Just say, God, I, I want to be the best pre-resurrected version of myself I can be. What is it that you want to do? Ask for dreams. Ask for visions. Be zealous. Not jealous, that will drive you into the ground if you get jealous of other people's giftings, but be zealous for more. Paul says, if you can't prophesy now, just, you know, eagerly expect that one day you might. Which means if you already have some gifts, hope for more. See if God's tested you enough for the greater gifts. And just be open. And see what he does as you go throughout your day, as you go home, as you're sleeping at night. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want the, the whole thing. We want to make room right now for you to come 
to fill us up. So whatever you need to empty us of so that there's more space for your spirit to fill us up, we ask for it right now. Don't leave us high and dry. This church was founded under a name, Comunidad Agua Viva, Community of Living Water. And we want more of that living water right now, the kind that makes us never thirst again, never hunger again, that fills us up and keeps filling us up. So regardless of where any of us have been on this journey, would you come and fill us up today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.